Hi, my name is Jonathan Darty, and I'm the founder of Gateway to Freedom, and I used to be addicted to porn and sex. Gateway to Freedom is our workshop for men who want to overcome any kind of sexual struggle or stronghold. It's conducted over three days in a safe, private setting with professional counselors and experts in dealing with sexual brokenness issues. Now, space at each workshop is limited to ensure the highest quality of personal attention. And the workshop is available throughout the year in several locations around the United States. Hundreds of men over the years have found hope and healing through Gateway to Freedom, and I believe you can too. Our next workshop is coming up November 1st through the 3rd in Florida. You can register by calling 1-800-49-PURITY, that's 1-800-497-8748, or by visiting BeBroken.com. Good day, listeners. Welcome to this edition of the Pure Sex Radio broadcast. We're glad to have you here with us. My name is Jonathan, and I'm here with Stephen. So how are you doing today? I am well, blessed, glad to be here. I love this Friday when we get together and and talk to God's people. Yeah. So listeners, uh, man, we are so glad that you join us each and every week. And uh, we especially love it when we get notes and emails and phone calls from you. Um, just it's, it's such an encouragement to us. Yes. And um, what we would love for you to do as well is, is send us your, your feedback um, on programs, but also you've got ideas. You've got things that you, that you want to hear about. So we would love to hear about that. If you can um, go to our website, puresexradio.com, and you can contact us through there. Uh, or you can actually just hit us up on Twitter at puresexradio and send us a direct message or um, a comment in there. We would love that. And we would ask that you would, uh, that you would go to our uh, social media pages on, on Facebook and on Twitter and, um, and follow us. That really helps to continue to spread the word about what we're doing. So Stephen, you know, this is pure sex radio, right? That's right. Yes, and, sir. and for some reason, you keep wanting to talk about emotions, <laughs> like you just keep keep bringing us back to this emotional thing. So, please, you've got to oh, help us understand good. a little bit of the connection between why do we keep doing so much emotional work when we're talking about wow. sexual brokenness? And- that is fabulous. That is a fabulous lead-in because early on, we you know we started training men on how to stop doing porn and acting out and. And, and being being sexually inappropriate, and uh, and they clean themselves up, but then they were like stunted boys, right? They mm-hmm. were still immature men who didn't know how to enjoy their wife, engage their wife, play with their wife, and so, so yes, do all the behavioral discipline, boundary setting, go to meetings, accountability, do all that stuff, but then look deep inside and check your emotional level of growth. How was your training? How how good are you at making emotional connections? Because when there's conflict, we want to run away to comfort. And that's the thing we see over and over. Yeah. And for me, I feel like the the big link between the topic of sexual brokenness and all of that and the emotional system is that um, every, every single guy we've ever worked with who has some type of sexual brokenness or sexual sin or addiction or whatever has never learned to bond in relationships, right? Ooh, and that's, that's such good. an emotional, that has such an emotional component. You can't bond with another person 
purely intellectually. I mean, you can, but you know what I mean? You don't have a depth of relationship yeah. there. There's no attachment. No. Exactly, attachment. There's so, words, and we can talk about sports, and you love them, and I love them, and, and, and then you go home, but there's no bond, right? The other connection that I see in terms of between the sexual brokenness and the emotions is that until we learn our emotional system and how to manage it and grow in it, we don't know how to be okay with ourselves. Like Dude, it, we don't know how to be alone. Excellent. We don't know how to be feel safe when we're alone. Wow. So you've brought for us, <laughs> I think, some good like oh, tools, principles, yeah. pillars. So I want to tell the folks where these these principles came from. Okay, I'm I'm reading this article on cancer, and it says there are four pillars to cancer. You have to either burn it out with radiation chemo it out, uh, cut it out, or now immunogenetics uh, attack it. So there's four approaches. And so I'm, I'm always thinking about emotions. I mean, I don't know, God God gave me this love for emotional stuff. So immediately I go from cancer, I'm just reading an article on cancer, and it jumps over to, hey, what are these pillars we stand on for emotion? And when a guy comes in, he's 70, he's stunted, he's never been emotional, and um, and he and he turns to you and says, "Okay, Jonathan. Okay, I get it. I'm not doing the porn. I'm not doing, okay, okay. What's the emotional stuff? Give me the answer now, so I can go do what I'm supposed to do, and and I can have a great life. Okay, okay. Give it to me now. Yeah, I want a box of tools. I want a I want a pill. I want a a, a three step checklist. Okay, give it to me, Jonathan. It's like, huh? Which that's ironic, right? Because. That's not how emotions work. You can't just throw them into a box. You can't and pass them put them off, into a pill. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so I. It's interesting. I came in this morning with seven pillars of emotional growth, and Jonathan said, "You know, this is sort of fluid here, right? These are not exactly. You know, these things can move a little bit." And and what I just realized, he gave me the eighth pillar: dealing with being alone. Mm, mm-hmm. If you don't know how to be alone, well. You're yeah. in trouble. Yeah, exactly. Right? So, okay, now seven went to eight. And before we're done, it may be 10, okay? But these are pillars that, that you must stand on these ideas if you're going to put together a foundation, sort of like puzzle pieces to stand on when talking about emotions. And it's interesting. I went to an emotional training seminar, and they said 120 experts got together and tried to define emotions, and they came up with a half a page of words put together to try to explain what emotions are. Yeah. Because there's body, there's mind, there's words, there's sensations. I mean, it's hard to, to define what, what is an emotion and what's an emotional system, and it's, it's sort of complicated. Anyway, we have some ideas that we want to throw out for training purposes. Mm-hmm. And I like this, this uh, I'm going to read the first one, and you already launched right into it. So number one is remembering that oneness is a spiritual mission. It's what our call is to oneness, and it's an assignment. Mm-hmm. Practice oneness with the Father, Son, and Spirit, right? With your spouse, oneness with your kids, with the body of Christ, everywhere, practice oneness. And I, I would even take that even into the individual. How many times are we dealing with men that are so divided within themselves, right? Ooh, I mean, I lived good. a divided life. I had yeah. my public persona, and then I had my private brokenness, right? So I do mm. think the idea of, of oneness in all aspects as being a, being created in the image of God, who is this amazing 
one God in three persons. So there's even a community within the oneness of God. And so I think we're called to that too in our own being, but also like you said, in our relationships. And I do think it's good to have that, if I could put it this way, kind of that drumbeat of what is what is it about emotional growth and my emotional system that I'm to be on mission about, right? Yes. And it's oneness. So so when I'm talking to my spouse, what does it look like right now to to seek oneness? When I'm when I'm training my kids or 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 just trying to give them instruction, what does it look like for oneness? But then the other thing about this too is we have to keep this in the framework of what we're talking about here in terms of the emotional system. Yes, right? yes. Because we kick up to our heads real easily oh, as men. Oh, that's good. So I want to throw out some words because oneness is a spiritual word. What, what's an emotional word? And I would say attachment, bonding, connecting. I mean, we're made for that. We're made mm-hmm. for great unions. And, and, and how badly do we want it? That if, if we're not loved, we'll run away to a fake union porn. We desperately want connection and love and good union, mm-hmm. right? We'll even make it up in fantasy, right? That's how desperate we are for it. Yeah. And, and all those false substitutes only leave us, it's kind of like, you know, trying to drink salt water to quench your thirst, right? It, it has a, a flavor like this could be what I need. But then it only leaves you craving more of what can't satisfy you. So I do think it's important to recognize that at the core of who we are, this this isn't just a a spiritual concept, right? In terms of oneness and and connect, like when you're talking about connecting, um, research and science will even show us that. You you know when they talk about even development of infants, right? If they don't if they don't get touched. Mm, right or talked to right that can severely stunt their development and their growth right so we're made for that on all aspects and i believe that even human touch is part of the emotional system right that's it, it, it the, it's, there's the, a response the long there paragraph includes touch exactly right <laughs> what does it mean to be emotional it means to touch right because what they say when you touch you release serotonin pleasure chemicals in the body just by touching Mm-hmm. So if anybody's messed up, just go touch them. Somebody's in bad shape, angry, or your wife's hurt, or you know, just go touch her. Just go touch her because it's like, oh, that changes everything. Mm-hmm. You know? It doesn't it doesn't make the problems go away, but it's good for bonding, connecting, and comfort. So and I even think about Christ. He said, I'm in the Father, and I'm in you, and you're in the Father. And it's like this one thing, one mm-hmm. thing, right? It's repeated over and over. And so we want to practice oneness as our really big goal. Why, why do we do all these other little things we're going to talk about? So we can be one, connected, right? Absolutely. So that's the first one. The second one you have to do is practice anger management. That really frustrates me. Yeah, it makes me <laughs> mad. That makes me mad. Did this have to make the list? <laughs> <laughs> because I think it's number one on shutting down. It is. You want to. You want to. Yeah. You want to stop a conversation. You want to stop growth. You want to stop. You know, moving towards another person. Yes. Just be angry. Yes. Because what do we do with angry people? We move away. Exactly. If anybody starts screaming and flailing and looking, it's like disengage. Danger. Right. Um, so, so let's just talk about anger a minute because I got a couple of thoughts. 
One author said that anger is just disappointment being expressed. So some people are disappointed and they quietly go away and, and, you know, soothe themselves. And other people, if they're disappointed, they get to scream and shout. Hey, I thought supper was going to be ready. Why didn't these kids pick up the toys? How many times do I have to tell you? What's wrong with all you people? You know, I'm disappointed, so I get to trash everybody. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think um, I think anger is one of those things that it's always going to be tied to expectations, right? So that's how disappointment happens. The only way you can be disappointed is because you had a certain expectation of what the house should look like, when dinner should be, all those types of things. And so therefore, when those things don't happen as they are expected in your own mind, there's that feeling of disappointment. And then if, especially as men, we've never had any kind of training or modeling of what are healthy ways to actually deal with disappointment, it immediately kicks into anger because that's probably what we've seen the most in maybe our dad or other people. Right. And so it's easy for us then to think that's the, that's the way you respond to disappointment is you just get loud, you get angry. Um, because you're disappointed, you're yeah. entitled to, you have, it's okay, right? And this is where I'm I think- I'm a man, what do you expect? I have a voice, I can't use it. Well, and this is where I think, you know, number one and number two here connect together, and that is uh, we, we long for connection in our in the deep innermost part of our being right we long for we yes, truly being made yes. in god's image we long for oneness oh gosh and yet probably the primary struggle we see in men emotionally is anger which you're saying moves us away <laughs> that's from exactly, connection that's right so it's kind of like we're on this merry-go-round yeah. of i want to be connected but i'm mad and i want to be connected i'm mad <laughs> and i pull and, you in and i push you exactly. out and i pull you in and try to be safe and then i get mad and you it's like uh yeah. So, so another author said this, before anger occurs, you must be stressed and disappointed, then anger comes out. So I'm thinking about this. If you are in a hurry to get to dinner and you only got, you know, an hour to eat because you got to be somewhere else and you get there and they say, uh, let's see, we've got to back up. We're not going to be able to eat on, see you on time. You can't eat. Now, I am stressed, and you tell me it's going to be a, an hour, and I can't get to my meeting, get my meal, do everything I plan. I'm stressed, and I'm disappointed. I'm going to be angry. But if you think about, I'm on a beach in Hawaii. I'm watching the sunset, and I was going to eat at 6, and they come out and tell me it's going to be 7. But I'm like, who cares? I'm I get on to see the, the beach in Hawaii watching, and we're not going to eat at six. We're going to eat at seven. There's no stress, and I'm disappointed. It's like, okay, fine, we eat at seven. You know, let's uh, luau or something. You know, yeah, yeah. No, that's so, good. So stress and disappointment. You have to watch those two things. It almost makes me think then that that the practice of of managing anger has far more to do with managing stress than, because it feels like in that sort of uh, chain that you said there, stress is the first yes. point in that. So if I can, and you've taught me a lot about this, if I can know the, the reactions that my body has to stress, because a lot of times our bodies will tell us before our minds are aware right. that, that I'm stressed. Yes. If I can learn that in my body, then I can learn how to respond to that 
stress in healthy ways. And I'm, I won't necessarily get down the chain of disappointment and anger. And Right. I'll bring my stress down, right? Go yeah. for a walk, pray. Meditate, and there may still do. be disappointments, but it won't lead to anger because I've reduced the stress. Does yeah. that make sense? Yeah, so, absolutely. So then, so then what are some, I, I mean, I'd love to hear your thoughts on this. I can offer a few too, in terms of just what are some key components to then responding to stress in better ways? Do I have to add that to the list? Because well, I'm just now saying. We, now we went to number nine, stress right. management. <laughs> but I good. think it's because you're saying it can be so tied to anger. Yes. They can go together here. And, yes. And, uh, and for me, I think, you know, I love the fact that you use like a beach scenario or whatever. Mm. And, and, you know, we've heard it said in, in movies and other things like, where's your happy place, right? And yeah. so I think in some ways there is a shift that has to happen in our focus. Mm. Like if I'm, if I'm feeling stress in my body and I'm starting to recognize what is the cause of that stress, I may not be able to eliminate that cause, but can I shift my focus? Can I can I shift what I'm focusing on, what right. I'm thinking about? And sometimes I'll even bring to mind verses like Philippians 4, 8, whatever is true, whatever's good, whatever's right, whatever's pure, whatever's mm. lovely and noble and excellent. Yes. Can I can I begin to think about those things? And that might take me to a beach somewhere, right? Oh, man, that's good. And then stress goes down. And even if disappointment should arise, I don't have to blow up about it. Yes. So we're going to go over seven, but eight, nine, and ten have ever been <laughs> added because after stress comes rest. Mm, yeah. Because if you can, if you get stressed and you can bring your system back to rest, if you can practice rest, I mean, that's one of the most, the best thing you can do for your body, for your heart, for your whole immune system, right? If you can rest, it's great for your emotions. It's great to be around a restful person. So, so the, you know, and you know, what's interesting to me is if I go outside and look at trees and walk, I can't, it's almost like I get into God's creation mm -hmm. and I cannot stay stressed. Right. I just start looking at trees and bushes and flowers and a bird flies across and a squirrel runs. And I just, my whole system, because it's like I'm with my father in creation. Yeah. And there's like just a peaceful rhythm to the, to yeah. the natural We can world. bring it back down. And yeah, there's yeah. a battle to fight. Sure. You got to go get back. But can you move your body and look at beauty and bring mm -hmm. it back to rest? It's good. So we got to watch irritation. We got to watch frustration. We got to watch disappointment because they can all, you know, take us to the angry place, which breaks the oneness connection. So number three, you have to learn to use emotional language. Mm -hmm. um, and so you just think about it. Women are probably better at it because they talk to each other and engage. And So I can't just say I feel bad. <laughs> There's got to be something a little more specific. or It's like one tool in the toolbox. Yeah, right? I feel good. Whatever I feel is. bad. I feel happy. I feel sad. Right? That's good. I mean, that's, at least you're that's growing. A, that's you a place to start, them, right? You got that's, four a place. Of them. that's good. And I think this is a good point, a good place to actually interject here. This is not about um, shaming anyone for just yeah. ignorance about emotional language or just about how to deal with emotion. Listen, we're all on a growth journey, right? Mm -hmm. So no matter where you are in this, if everything we've said to this point is just like this massive foreign concept and foreign world to you, that's okay. Let this be the first step in like, what does emotional language look like? So, you know, um, let's, I'll use an example here. Can some, can, can you begin to learn yourself where you recognize the difference between sad and disappointed? That there's a nuance there. Yeah. Dis if I'm disappointed, I'm sad, right? But there's yeah. a different nuance to that than me. Something that might cause me to feel sad might not be a disappointment to it's me. true. 
even though they might feel very similar, right? Yeah. So it's it's being able to start to kind of... And really, when we talk about emotional language, there's probably maybe like 15 or 20 words. You don't have to learn a thousand words to speak the emotional language. And and if you're married, then your wife will tell you the important words. Mm-hmm. I'm sad, lonely, grieving, tired, stressed, neglected, unloved. You know what I mean? You hear all these things come around again and again. And so, I would say, too, just as a practical... Um, uh, tool. If you if you went on to like Google and you searched either emotion words or emotion yes. wheel, yeah, there's some good tools out there to help you just be able to identify your emotions. That's fabulous. There's all kinds of lists and faces, and mm-hmm. if you want to pick up some more language, and some guys will get the sheet and say, "Okay, I'm gonna I'm practicing emotional language with you, dear." So I'm going to pick this word, and then they scratch it off, and tomorrow they pick this word, and then they scratch that off, and they try to use all the words. Mm-hmm. And she used them. They used, now we're introducing language, right? Because the whole idea of sadness and grief and loss and and fatigue and you know, one of the emotional words is disgust. Mm. I was I was I went to an emotional training seminar, and they said, "Do you know how they first figured out what emotions are? They studied faces. Mm, yeah, and they found six faces. Now I don't have that stuff in front of me, but it's like happy, sad." And one of them is disgust. They saw disgust. So they know when you do that face, we have a word for it. That's good. And so like there's like six essential words, and then they build on that. Then somebody put 20 together, and somebody put 30 and together. And there's 200. Yeah. You know, so. <laughs> but I thought that was really interesting. Yeah. By studying people's faces, you can tell some basic stuff here. And so maybe that's the primer. That's good. You know, when you start. Uh, number four, practice empathy. This is a really interesting one here because it's not sympathy. Mm-hmm. I feel sad for you. Oh, that's bad that that's happening to you. Uh, you know, I have a sadness for you. It's towards you, and I'm trying to be understanding of you. But I'm not in on that deal, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And then what is empathy? Uh, empathy, I think, is actually trying to understand and enter into the experience of another person. Yeah. So I, where I, I think this is one of the key elements to learning emotional growth is, and, and for those of you out there, especially who are feeling like, I don't have the language, I don't know what to do, I don't know. This is probably the one to start with. You see people around you that are expressing emotion. Might be your wife, might be your kids, might be a coworker. This is, if you can begin to practice empathy and try to say, how could I enter into that moment with them and by exploring them, understand that particular emotion. Yes. And then I might be able to learn how to reflect that. So if I see somebody that's sad, I may not know all the nuance of language in that, but if I can try to say, hey, tell me about what you're feeling right now. Can you help me understand what that is? And then you try to enter into that space. It can also then help you understand yourself better because yes. you're going, Oh, oh, wait, I, I felt that before, too, you know, right. and you can have an, have an empathy for them. So this is the way I tell guys to think about empathy. Uh, if your wife, uh, our friend, if a friend has a dog that's dying, you think, did you ever have a dog that died? Mm-hmm. Now, you just went right there. Did you see what oh, just yeah. happened? You just, you just felt for a second the sadness. 
My dog was midnight. And when he died, I went in the garage to the hottest place, the top of the garage, and I got in a corner. I packed myself in a corner. I was grieving. It was, mm -hmm. I was so sad. You know what I mean? I, I hid in the worst place that nobody would find me. You know? mm -hmm. um, and we're telling dog stories here. But So when someone says their dog died, you immediately think, oh, what was it like when I lost my dog? Mm -hmm. Because I can never feel anybody else's pain, but I can feel my pain. Yeah. And so when I go into my own pain, that's close to your pain, you know? Or have you ever worked in a job where the boss doesn't appreciate you? And I mean, the boss has favorites and you're not it. And have you ever been in one of those situations where it's like, oh, the boss, like, she had a friend over here and a friend here. And it was like, she never left in my jokes. She never came to talk to me. She went over there to talk and over there. To... It's mm -hmm. like, oh, man, you feel lonely in that. I remember what that's like. You, remember, you tell that story. Your stories fire my stories. Yeah. Yeah, and I think that's 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 part of bonding, right? Yeah. So that's why it's a good emotional practice is empathy because the more you can kind of dive into each other's stories, yes. the more you're bonding. So yeah, I'm gonna go through the last three here pretty quick here. Go you have to determine to make a connection. Mm -hmm. And I've come to this realization to connect to someone else, I have to get past your stuff and my stuff. Because you might try to block me. It's like, no, you're not going to block me. I'm going to be your friend. I might go, okay, I don't know why you're like that. I, I, I got to get past my stuff and your stuff. If you're married, do you understand what I'm saying? Oh, absolutely. You have quirks and odds and bents and, and views, and she has quirks and odds and bents and views that, that hinder her. It's like, forget all that mess. You're my friend. I got to come find you. Right? I can't let you stop me, and I can't stop me. Mm -hmm. I have to determine to practice oneness. Yeah. And I think I like the fact that you there is a pushing through. Um, don't think that because you get really good at emotional language and recognizing emotion and all these kind of things that like if you kind of sort of get all of your emotional ducks in a row, that mm -hmm. everything's going to fit together smoothly with all of your right, relationships. No, right. it's like like you said, there were two unique individuals that have all kinds of quirks and and rough edges and all that kind of stuff, and you just have to keep pushing and pushing, and um, and that's how connection right. happens. And I just forgive you because I want to be your friend. I don't care you were careless or thoughtless or late or. I don't care about this push through all that noise. Yeah, but this right? gets back to the mission, right, of oneness. Yes. Like, okay, what's blocking our oneness? No, we're not going to let that stay in between us, and you keep keep moving forward. So we don't want to use labels and names, right? We, we, we want to see people as made the image of God. Yeah. And when you say, well, you're lazy, you're such a slob, when are you going to get it together? You're always a procrastinator. You know, how many times do I have to tell you, you know, get it together? What's wrong with you? You're, you're, you're screwed up. I think in the same way that anger shuts down relationship, mm. shame does the same thing. And I think that's what you're talking about. Name-calling is a shaming right. behavior. And so when you put shame onto another person, you're not building oneness. You're not pulling that person right. in. Um, so I do think we are, we're meant to—we're told to speak the truth— in love, right? right? So it doesn't mean that I ignore all of your blind spots and all of the things that are detrimental to your character and all that kind of stuff, right. but I don't shame you With a for that. That God would never say to right. me. Yeah. That's right. So it's kind of like we're all on a growth mission. Yep. We're meant to sharpen each other, but not to shame each and other. And challenge and strengthen and come alongside. That's right. Yeah. 
And so you reduce someone, so no name calling. No, I don't call you names, and you challenge me if I call you names. We don't call names, because that's just reducing people mm -hmm. to something they're not. And then, finally, I was reading this sports guy that said, I have to exercise 30 minutes every day, seven days a week. And I push it a little further, you know, uh, on Saturday. I work out a little harder. And I'm obsessive about it. And it's like... I mean, if you want to do anything, you have to almost be obsessive. You want to be a good golfer? You think you go once a month and be a good golfer? Oh, right, no. Yeah. Oh, no. You want to be any good at anything? You got to practice, 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 right? You want to lose weight? You think you can go out uh, once a week or every six weeks? No. You got to go out, go out, and go out. And go. So we have to be almost obsessive with this idea that God called us to oneness every day. Every day. Well, well, when I think about this, I think about what Jesus boiled everything down to, right? He said, love God with all of your being, mm -hmm. all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, all your strength, and love your neighbor how? As yourself. Yes. So when you think about that, I think of the oneness element, but it's kind of like, listen, when I get my life aligned to be obsessive about loving God, you know what that's going to do? It's going to also make me obsessive about loving my neighbor. Oh, that's good. Because you can't help but just bring that into, right? If you get this, you get the feeling, the oneness is here, then you're going to be passing it. Yeah. Right? Yeah, oneness. So I think this circles all the way back around to that oneness piece, right? Our obsessiveness is not about, um, about reaching some arbitrary goal of like, now I know I'm emotionally healthy. It's like, no, saying I want to pursue God with all of my being. And from that... There's a health that comes from that that reaches out to my neighbor yep. and incre increases that health there. So, well, we're out of time. Uh, listeners, thanks for being with us. If you've got questions or even just some more insights, we've probably got plenty more room on our list to add more emotional <laughs> there you emotional go. pillars. Please <laughs> reach we're out to, to us. We started with seven. Yeah. PureSexRadio.com is where you can get us or on Twitter at PureSexRadio. We're serious. We'd like to hear. We'd love we're, to hear it. Yeah. If you got one, send it. And we look forward to having you back here again next time on the Pure Sex Radio broadcast. So take care. Thank you. Pure Sex Radio is paid for by Be Broken Ministries. Visit us online at puresexradio.com.